Welcome to this special edition of Football on the 40. The Texas Longhorns are Big 12 champions and have made the college football playoff for the first time. On this episode, we're going to talk a little about the game in Arlington, share our excitement while the feelings are fresh, and judge the CFP committee's decisions this past weekend. I'm Jake Robinson, joined by Andrew Harris and Bowen Kai. Kevin was supposed to join us, but alas, he has not joined the Zoom call, so the show must go on. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, what was your favorite moment from this weekend, Andrew? And so many to pick from. Um, I just got to say, I loved watching Texas women beat UConn on Sunday. Really, really <laughs> inspirational. That was a good win. It was a good win for the program. Yeah, first ever win over UConn. Um, so, awesome win for the lady horns for sure um but yeah i mean there's so many great memories so we were all up in dallas this weekend we went to the game in arlington gotta make it clear it's arlington not dallas um for all the dallas listeners out there but um yeah i mean we just had such a great time um we just dominated from start to finish it's really hard to pick out like a, a singular moment that really stood out but Man, I, I don't I don't know. Just the overall experience was one of the better experiences of watching Texas football I ever had. And I know that's probably the same for y'all too, but Bowen, I want to hear more about your weekend. Yeah. Um I think similarly I it's tough to pick pick just one. Um I think I'll go with I go with two. I mean, obviously it was great to hang out with you guys, blah, blah, blah. You know, of course. Great to see you all again. Um, I think two of my favorite moments were, like Andy said, it was pretty low heart rate for it being a conference championship game. I think my two favorite moments were, were one, when we scored, um, when Keelan scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter when we went up 49, I think, to 21, I think it was, like early in the fourth, um, or 49-14 maybe it was. But um, that's when I was like, okay, all right. I think we're good now. And we started singing like we saw some of the OK State fans leaving the stadium and we started singing like goodbye to them. Like it was it was it was good times, good times in the stands. And um, so that, that was that was that was nice to be able to soak in that victory. Um, and then my second favorite moment, I think, was seeing like where we sat um you know, in the stands. We got a good look at a lot of the alum that came out and it was fun, like being able to recognize them and you know, a lot of them were some of the guys that we were on campus um, and we saw them when the program was not as in a good state as it is today. So they paved the way for us. Like Malik Jefferson was there, DeMarvion Overshone, um, Devin Duvernay we saw, Quandre Diggs even. I mean, just, just really cool to see those guys and, you know, give them love. So really, really enjoyed that. Jake, what about you? What would you think? Yeah, it was just awesome experience. Um, yeah, it was it was so loud and rowdy in there and uh, in Jerry World. And honestly, one of the coolest um, Texas games I've ever been to. So which we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, the game was a blast. I mean, just going out and like Bowen said, no, no raised heart rate, but just, I mean, my, my heart rate was raised for sure, but it was from all of the yelling. I lost my voice. <laughs> it's still not fully <laughs> back. 
um speaking of that at the end of the game it was pretty cool booing your mark and um yeah we made it on tv we got to talk about that i know dozens dozens of people immediately sent me a text message like you're on tv and it's like oh my gosh yeah if if any of y'all saw it i like elbowed andy like hey look we're on the screen (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of it's in a weird way it's kind of fitting because obviously hamilton was there too and uh he was just out of frame and it's kind of like a I don't know, like a metaphor for like our podcast. Like he's out of frame, but <laughs> he does a lot of the heavy work <laughs> that nobody gets to see. But uh it's he true. was booing and chaining SEC as well. Yeah. And and last time we went to the Big Twelve Championship, Hamilton and our buddy Garrett became a very um interesting, fun gif. Um so no they were Garrett in particular was like, I will not raise my hands at all during this game. I will not do it. It could be turned into a chip. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was just a really cool experience. I don't have like a specific play or anything. I, I loved how um how we got to see Malik and Arch. Um Arch got such a big ovation and then um Jonathan Brooks coming out for the last uh play of the game and then Arch turning around and like giving him the ball. It was it was just a cool culture experience i thought because jonathan brooks is a big reason why the team is where they are right now so we're sure see that what was y'all's um which play did y'all like better the the double reverse pass to jt sanders or the sweat touchdown oh man uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i have to say the double reverse because it was early and it was a little more um like we knew we were playing well but it really was like, oh, let's go. This is going to be a yeah. big day. <laughs> For yeah, sure. Versus like the the sweat TDs, kind of like an Easter egg. Kind of pull it out if we're we're feeling ourselves. So I, I like that part. I like the big man TD. But yeah, everyone was, you know, firing on all cylinders this weekend. So that was awesome. So just as a little... um programming note for those of you listening today we are not going to be um previewing the sugar bowl just yet we might allude to it here and there but we will have another episode before the sugar bowl we are going to have like a couple of uh fun little rotational question questions and segments and so the first one um being where does texas winning the big 12 rank in the top sports moments of your life all sports, not just Texas football. That's a good one. Yeah, Andy, you want to take a, it first? Well, I want Bo to give the background on this question because he he probably has a little bit more to share that kind of raises why we asked this question in the first place. Oh yeah, um, this past weekend when you know when we found out that Texas won and we were super excited, Emily was. Well, only the boys made it up to to Dallas. So Emily was just texting me. She was like, so like, where does this like rank in like your life events? Because she was just trying to gauge. I think, you know, it was kind of a leading question. Just trying to make sure that like, okay. And, you know, in, in our hall of uh, significant life events, just trying to see like where this was and where Texas football was. Um, obviously, below, you know, getting married, having, getting our dog having our son you know but i ranked it like at about like the same euphoria or same excitement as like 
graduating college. I think that that's that's where it ranked for me. So I think, you know, the guys didn't really like push back against that. I think there was some significant agreement on that. Um, you know, definitely not one of the, like the big, big hallmarks, but um, yeah, very, very, very high up there in, in life events. For sure. Well, if winning the big 12 is graduating college, I, I really wonder what winning a natty would be like. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharted territory. <laughs> okay. But like sports wise, let's go back to that question. What, what do y'all think? is uh like if you're ranking like sports moments in your life where where does it rank i think for me like obviously you know i was a texas fan when we won the national championship in 2005 not nearly as much as i am now andy i know you have a lot more history with the horns i i remember watching the game but i don't remember right now emotionally like how much I was very excited, but I think how excited I am right now, having after having won the Big 12, all the you know years that we spent on campus, going to games, going after college, doing this pod together, having the Big 12 kind of at the end of it. I feel like th- this is definitely high up there, probably my top five, I'd say. Like the Astros winning the World Series in 17 and 22. Um I you know, I would probably put still put higher, but um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely I would confidently say top five, top five for me. Yeah, so I yeah I mean I know y'all, Bowen especially really love your Houston and and Andy love your Astros and your Houston teams. I grew up a Spurs fan and then I, and a Longhorn fan, and that was really it, and I've. And, and like, even as a Longhorn fan, I similar to Bowen, I didn't really, like, have the buy-in and interest level um, until I was maybe, like, senior in high school, but we were already bad by that point. And so, in terms of, like, truly where I rank this, for me, this is above any given Spurs championship game. So, honestly, I'd probably say it's, like, number one at this point in terms wow. of – just because I, I just don't – I, like, I thought, okay, well, you know, was a was really big Jordan – and still am a big Jordan Speed fan. And, like, when he won his first major and then, like, I was like, that doesn't – that's not bigger um, than this. And I was thinking, like, mm-hmm. maybe the, the collective Spurs championships or if I could say, like, 03, 05, 07 combined, I would say was definitely bigger. But I don't remember, like, the individual first one just being, like, bigger than this to me because – College football playoffs a big deal, and that's where I spend like eighty percent of my interest in sports is Longhorn football. So I'd say probably this. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. Like your reasoning is is like not out of line by any means. It's just like just sad that we it. have nothing in the Longhorn, <laughs> Longhorn football in the last fifteen years to or yeah. the last fourteen years to. Yeah, I do have to clarify. For Houston sports, I only like the Astros. Um, kind of like the Texans. I don't care for the Rockets at all. So I just need to make that clear. I don't want other other people to be confused. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, Bowen kind of talked about this a little bit. I definitely had a weird childhood in regards to sports. I feel like I gravitated towards 
getting really involved in watching sports from a really young age. Um, and that's probably because I just had older siblings and um, an older brother that kind of encouraged me to like sports from a young age. And I mean, obviously enjoyed it or else I wouldn't say these things coming up. But I think for sure the 2005 national championship is number one on my list. Um, I was there at that game. Nothing. I don't think anything will ever top that. Um, then, yeah, Jay kind of mentioned it. I, I grew up a huge Spurs fan. Um, so those championships, especially 14, when it was uh, like seven years afterwards and losing to the Heat the year before and coming back, uh, those definitely go above this moment. And also that Astros winning in 2017 and 2022. So I would say those moments are definitely ahead. So that's, uh, let me calculate that seven right there, I think. Yeah. So then from that point on, I think there's a debate between right now versus 09 Big 12 championship. Um, that game was a lot closer than what it should have been. And we had to make a last second field goal to go to the Big 12 championship. I mean, go to national championship. Uh, the Rose Bowl against Michigan was up there. I was also at that game. 2005-2008 Texas OU games for me were probably probably my two favorite growing up. And then uh, Texas going to the Final Four in 2003. I was at the Elite Eight game in San Antonio when that happened. So that was just a really fun moment um, growing up. So I think it's somewhere in that range. So probably like 8-10 to 10 range for me. Um, which I that just shows like how important it was that Texas won and what came with it making the playoff. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about y'all, but even though I felt really confident going into Sunday, I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely pretty nervous when the selection show was happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say one more thing before we talk about the selection committee honking down Broadway in 2014 with you, Andy, after the Spurs championship game was fun. I mean, we did watch that in San Antonio. We weren't, I, I don't think the game was in San Antonio. Was it? No, it no, was. It, was. It, it was. was, it was, it was. So that was definitely like a fun experience. It's on my, um, just being in San Antonio for a Spurs championship. For sure. Um, yeah, let's talk the playoff committee a little bit here. Uh, so f- in in case you live truly under a rock and have not seen the, the the full college football playoff list, it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Uh, Florida State came in fifth, Georgia sixth, Ohio State seven, and who cares after that? Um, there was a lot of first time this has ever happened situations with these rankings. A couple of them. The number one team, Georgia, fell to number six. The number one team has never fallen out in the final week. Um, an undefeated big, uh, an undefeated Power Five team, so an undefeated conference champion, has never missed the playoff. In fact, only we've said this before in previous weeks. Only one one loss conference champion had ever not made the playoff, and um, that did not happen this year because Texas and Alabama got in. So Florida State. And uh, 2018 Ohio State are the only two one or zero loss teams that ever did not make it. So um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy year. Five deserving Power Five champions. Um, we talked about it last week. I want to ask y'all first. Um, 
Andrew, uh, I'll go to you first. Did Florida State get screwed, and should they be in over Alabama? I mean, to me, it's hard to say they didn't get screwed over, um, but someone had to. You know, it had to be them, us, or Alabama. Obviously, there's there are five teams that probably had a very strong case to make it in most years, and one of them had to miss it, miss out this year. Um, but I do think the committee got it right. Um, if Florida State would have made it, it just whoever they played, probably Michigan, if I had to guess, that just would have been such a non entertaining game. Michigan, I think, definitely would have blown out Florida State, even though Florida State, their defense played awesome this past weekend. I just don't think they would have stood up to any of the teams that made it. Um, and it's unfortunate because. If Jordan Travis didn't get hurt, I think they definitely would have made it uh, this year. But they just weren't the same team once he got hurt. So, so no. to answer your question, yes or no? What about you, Bo? I agree. I don't think there was another way they could have done this. I feel like, well, I mean, I mean, I do know the other way, but I think like y'all, like y'all said, um, I think they made the right call. I feel like you could tell like a couple things. One was they there was like this one shot of the Michigan team, uh, the Michigan football team's reaction when um, Alabama got in instead of Florida State, and they were kind of groaning a little bit. They were, like, really looking forward, Andy, like you said, to the cakewalk that Florida State would have been. Um, so I think they, they definitely made the right call. And um, seeing the Florida State players' reaction when they got snubbed and, and didn't make it, that was certainly pretty devastating. But um, – you know, that's 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 for sure heartbreak for the for the Seminoles. Um, I I think the last the last thing I'll say before I before I hand it off to Jake is I want to hear some of some of Jake's reactions is um I I think a take that was kind of floating around that I I, I agree with but is is scary to think about is like if Alabama lost and Georgia won and it was between us and Florida State we Texas probably doesn't make the playoff and I didn't really go into the weekend thinking that that game mattered or the Bama Georgia game mattered. And even when Jake and I were driving back to Austin from Dallas, we were like, Hey, like, do we care who wins this sec game and kind of went back and forth. But the way it panned out was the only way that I feel like it, it really, you know, benefited us. So um, yeah, Jake curious to hear your thoughts on that, but those were, those are some of my feelings about the, the CFP. Yeah. I'll, I'll share my thoughts. And then, um, I want to do one other thing, but yeah, so I, I agree. I don't think we would have gotten in if it were Texas versus Florida state. I think it was less about Alabama and more about leaving the sec out and the playoff committee was not willing to do that. Um, Bama of course looks really good, but there's just so many ways you can go with this discussion did. And the playoff committee, I think surprisingly did a remarkable job overall. Um, I would have, I, I yes, Florida State obviously got screwed. That goes, that's just obvious, right? But I also would have done exactly what the playoff committee did, and and so, um, <laughs> in our, our last week in our episode, we did a little segment on dear CFP committee, and that video kind of got a few views, um, and so just a they, few, <laughs> yeah, just a few. But um, I did want to kind of follow up on that a little bit, and um, instead of dear 
college football playoff committee. This is thank you, college football playoff committee. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the scenarios though, just a little bit. And um, one thing that I didn't mention last week was the, the committee is supposed to find the four best teams in college football. And then in the margins, when teams are comparable, they look at those four criteria, but I almost think that the argument, and so I'll walk through it real quick, right? So you have the four, the four best in the criteria committee honored conference championships. They always have. Um, that's why Georgia didn't get in. That's why Ohio state didn't get in. Um, and then there were no real criteria separating Florida state and Alabama other than the one loss, which isn't a criteria. Actually, it really doesn't say anywhere. The team with zero losses should be considered over one loss. Even it just says best. And usually winning the game is an indicator of best, but Strength of schedule. Alabama had a better strength of schedule. That was the only other thing. But for me, you don't need to get to those criteria for Florida State and Alabama because all you have to do is say who is the best team as the whole season and right now. And unequivocally, Alabama is better than Florida State without Jordan Travis. They even also have in their playoff committee criteria that it says you can consider um, injuries to players, which I don't know that that should be in there or not. But yeah, so they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Does it suck? Yeah. Are we going to 12 next year? Yeah. Does this probably help Florida State in the long run? Yeah, I actually think it does because it probably helps their argument that the ACC sucks. Let let us get out. Let you know. Let us get in the SEC, which is what they want. So um, I, I don't know, but that's I, I think they honored the head-to-head win. Texas got in over Alabama th- or third over fourth place Alabama. Um, they honored the championships. One thing that I want to kind of pose to y'all real quick before we go to our break is if they're truly supposed to put in the four best teams, and that is the that is what they're there to do. Do we think Georgia is not one of the best four teams? Personally, I think the answer is it's not clear, and so you you can't. I I, I really don't know if Georgia is one of the best four teams. But I, I mean, I, I, if you yeah. if you think about it, it's kind of odd that they dropped five spots for losing by three points on a neutral site game. Um, I mean, yeah, if Georgia lined up against any of these teams that made the playoff, I would probably take um, put my money on Georgia to win that game, mm-hmm. um, even if they played Alabama again even if they played us. But, I mean, like Jake said, there's, I mean, there's different things that go into this, and it's not necessarily, you can't just look at, like, the Vegas odds of, like, who are the best teams? Because if you do that, then why play regular season? Right. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Georgia, Georgia is one of the, one of the better teams in college football. I mean, I, I think there's a strong argument that they're the best, but you can't lose your conference championship and expect to um, have a have a good chance to get into the playoff. Well said. Any other thoughts, Bo? No, I agree with that. I think they certainly dropped a ton, but just the way it shook out, I don't think there was another way that could have worked out. Good stuff. All right. Well, Texas got in, and that's all that really matters to me. I don't really care about the Seminoles right now, if I'm being honest. Okay, well, 
Well, we are going to take a very short break. We're going to come back. We have a mailbag question or two. And then, um, so, so we'll get to that right after this break. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back. Um, real quick before we go into mailbag, I just wanted to kind of talk with y'all about what the hypothetical 12-team playoff would have looked like this year. So Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama all would have had buys. But out of these four games that I'm about to mention, which one like piques your interest the most? So uh, for the remaining games, it would have been Oregon and Missouri. Penn State and Ohio State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Florida State Liberty. Honestly, I don't know who would have won out of Florida State Liberty, and that's the only <laughs> one, that's the only one I would have said against Liberty because honestly, SMU should have been the twelfth. The twelfth. Yeah, SMU got screwed. SMU had two losses to two Big 12 teams, but Liberty had the 133rd out of 133 schedules, worst schedule. They yeah. had the worst schedule. They played nobody. They didn't even play a Power 5 team. That's why they were undefeated. So, Stupid. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. That would be such an intriguing game, though, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Probably, probably the Penn State matchup. That one seems pretty interesting. Yeah, and it would be interesting because I wonder if they would have reshuffled the Penn State-Ohio State game and the Georgia-Ole Miss game because those games already happened this year. Yeah. So maybe that would have looked like Ohio State-Ole Miss, Georgia-Penn State, um, potentially. But Oregon-Missouri, I think, would have been a really fun game, too. I think Missouri is pretty underrated. Um, So... That would have been a fun game up in Eugene. And that's going to be fun next year, too, is all the first-round games in the playoff is going to be at the home, like, um, at the campus of the home team. So um, that'll be fun. It'll kind of feel like uh, the FCS playoffs a little bit. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick before we went into mailbag. But I'm excited for next year. And one other thing about that, um, of course, the records and the schedules wouldn't be what they are this year if you factor in realignment. But if you do factor in realignment, 10 of the 12 teams will be in the Big Ten or the or the um, SEC next year, including all four playoff teams. So that makes things really interesting. And the one through four seeds this year would have been the same next year. But they will go to conference champions next year. And so, uh, for example, say Arizona, the best ranked team that is that's going to be in the Big 12 next year, was the best ranked team this year in the Big 12. They would be the fourth seed, not left out of the playoff entirely. So things could get really interesting when we're looking at the Big 12 and the ACC 
um, in particular next year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially if one of them sitting there with three or even four losses for that matter. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What happened if Oklahoma State was a four seed? They like upset Texas. That would have been sick. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's any way that the SEC and the Big Ten championship game will have teams with three losses. So, yeah. But the other two, it could happen. Probably not, though. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, we'll see how next year shakes out. Um, but for now, we're gonna take I'm gonna take us into our mailbag segment. Um, we are skipping betting corner this time around. I will be posting the leaderboard on our Instagram where listeners, y'all might see a shakeup in the standings, but you'll have to go to our Instagram mm-hmm. to learn more. <laughs> we will start our mailbag segment with a question from Matt Hack. Matt Hack says, would it have been better to be the four seed? Washington feels like a worse matchup for us. Jake, I see you shaking your head. I'll go to you first. What do you think? No, I mean, there there are elements, which we'll get into the Washington matchup in our next episode, but it sets up for a good a good game because of, um, yeah, I, our, our, our pass defense isn't the best, but I still think that Michigan's a better team. Michigan has... I mean, Ohio State's really good. They went and beat them. They Washington did beat Oregon twice, but I, I am on the outsiders and the belief in this. I think the Pac-12 was extremely overrated this season. I think they are good top to bottom, decent top to bottom, but they had six teams ranked in the top twenty-five, and then Utah ended up being pretty average. Colorado ended up being really bad. Um, I just. I think they were overrated. USC kind of fell apart. USC yeah. fell apart. So yeah. They ended the season with three ranked teams, I believe. I mean, I agree with Matt though. I do think Washington on paper is a worse matchup, but I've told other people this. Whoever we would like any of these the three other teams are gonna be a hard matchup for a reason. They're in the playoff for a reason. Yeah. So like I mean, we're gonna have to play a good game to no matter what to beat these teams. If we don't, we're going to lose. So um, we'll talk about it in the next pod, but I, if we play up to our ability, I think we can beat any of these teams. I like it. I like it. Okay. Next question comes from Emily, my wife. She says, what is it that Sark brings that previous previous coaches didn't? How much of it is Sark? How much of it is Quinn or maybe other factors? Andy, I'll go to you first. What do you think? So, I mean, you saw this under Mac. Uh, then it went the other way under Mac. Um, and then under Charlie, it was a hot mess. Under Tom, it was kind of a hot mess. But really, I mean, Sark talks about this a lot, but I really do think the culture at Texas is its the best it's been in about 20 years. Um and I think that's the biggest reason why we are playing like we are. Sure, we have a lot of great players, but Texas has had a lot of great players throughout this time. Um, I do think player development has improved a lot as well uh, under Sark compared to the last two regimes. But I don't think that's like the only thing. And also the player development is a sign of the culture in place. 
So I really think what it boils down to is just the culture that's there right now and how Sark is able to connect with the players. I, I really think that's a big thing. Um, and it's like if you work somewhere, you can work somewhere that has all the tools that you would want. But if it has a bad culture, you're going to hate your job. Yeah, Jake, I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that take. Um, I think when I was ex- when I was kind of telling Emily like Sark's backstory, especially with Washington and you know everything that happened, and then with USC and all the trials that he went through personally in his life and having overcome them, I just feel like he just brings a different, um, you know, dimension to a lot of a lot of impressionable um, eight, seventeen, eighteen year olds that. Um, is 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 just super genuine super grounded and is is very inspirational as well and and they can see the creativity as well and so i i feel like yeah sark hasn't been sark hasn't shied away from it this season and you know in past seasons when he's been kind of building building up to this but i I really agree with andy i think that the locker room certainly feels feels different than than years past yeah i'll keep it simple give sark a big fat raise and uh yeah and i think quinn is a good leader as well so both both do have both uh both are factors but head coach sets the culture how about 95 million guaranteed over 10 years does that sound good (laughs) no thank you (laughs) nice all right we have a couple more fun ones and then an important one at the very end um kelly asks if Spotify wrap up existed the last time the Horns won the Big Twelve, what would be in your Spotify wrapped? Maybe we can go like top few artists. What were we listening to in two thousand eight, two thousand nine? If y'all can remember back that far. Oh, gosh. BRB googling songs from two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I had a Black Eyed Peas phase um around nice. that time so nice. um yeah I, I i think that probably would have been in the in the spotify rap for sure oh nice. man the best taylor swift song of all time was 2009 oh there you go you belong with me <laughs> <laughs> nice man I there's like some it. interesting hits on here i'm gonna try to find uh, a, another good one what about you, Bo? Yeah, you got it. Oh, uh, man. I feel like I was like 2008. I kind of had like this interesting, like, like I don't know. if I don't know. Are y'all familiar with like K-pop? It's like very popular now, like Korean pop. I like had mm-hmm. this like small stretch of time. Where I was like really into K-pop. Um, not that I'm against it now, but I was I was certainly listening to a lot of it back then. Um, so I was... I think that would probably have been in my Spotify raps, but I, but I'm looking at these top songs. I definitely played a lot of like Neo too. That was a, that was a big, um, big in my, big in my repeats, but yeah, some of these songs, it's very nostalgic, but yeah, I do see a lot of black eyed peas here, Andy. So that's, that's probably not a bad pick. Yeah. Embarrassing to say that now, but it's okay. It's, it's part of who I am. I like it. Oh yeah, Jason Mraz, I'm yours. That was that was definitely on everybody's Spotify. Right? Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. All righty. 
Um, okay, so we'll we'll do a couple more. Um, this one is from MP. MP asks, what is the most you would be willing to spend on attending a sporting event? It has to be in this stage of life that um, we're all in right now. Andy, do you want to go first? Yeah, she brought this up this weekend to me. And because right now, looking at the national championship, if Texas is lucky enough to make it, tickets, including fees, is around $2,000 a ticket which is just crazy to me. Um, I came up with like $1,000 right now if it was something like just really unique. If like if someone said, here's if you pay $1,000, you can go to a World Cup final or something like kind of on that level. Um, I still, I mean, going to a World Cup final is probably way more than $1,000 to be honest. But I think thousands probably where I would... Uh, stop right now but it's something that kind of happened on a periodic basis i would probably say like maybe 600 to 800 range i don't know um i feel like that's still a lot of money i i probably i don't know if i would actually pull the trigger on that but who knows man that's, what would you do yeah it's just so much money and you get so much entertainment watching it on tv too so <laughs> it's not like right. you don't get to watch the game at all um i think i would and, and like yeah <laughs> no chance i'm going to the national championship this year unless someone gives me a ticket or i win a contest but uh unless you want to sponsor this episode any if anyone wants to sponsor <laughs> football on the 40 and just give us tickets uh we'll we'll say your name like a hundred times per episode um <laughs> assuming if, if, if texas makes it but um if not if, if barring that um i'll i'll like probably go to houston if we make the national championship and watch it with y'all and um so so that's like the only kind of thing that i would think of I'd probably set it lower than you. I'd probably say 500 max. Honestly, it's just like, I, I can't really justify in this stage of life spending $600 on a ticket when I can get 90% of the enjoyment that I would not going to the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's totally fair. What about I you? Think, yeah. My, my answer is probably not too different. Um, yeah. Once you start getting a comma in there, I feel like the comma is just, that's just tough to tough to muster down. And then when I'm calculating like the per hour cost of, of the game and all that stuff, and then it's just, it's not like, okay, I'm this is like three minute, like Fox commercial break is X <laughs> amount of dollars. It's just, it's just a, yeah, I start spiraling for sure. And I probably would stop enjoying the game, but who knows, who knows? We might be here. And I mean, ideally, you know, we have this conundrum, in in four weeks time five weeks time when we're debating the nrg when we're looking at the nrg stadium app and maybe hitting refresh who knows <laughs> who knows that would be that would be an ideal situation to be in yeah. all righty i have one more question this one comes from our buddy sam he says will jake robinson be taking a job at espn as an analyst I think referencing the um, Jake humbly mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but we had a Instagram reel go semi-viral. I, I would say viral in our little college football niche, our little corner of the world. Um, so yeah, the people want to know, Jake, is there a future at ESPN for you? What do you think? Uh, 
I don't know if I could go work for Disney, but no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, I, I don't know nearly enough. As the person on this podcast who knows the least probably about, um, probably even about, about the Longhorns and maybe not about college football as a whole because I listen to more of that. But it's just, it's just funny that that my clip is the one that ended up <laughs> going semi-viral. Like the one, the one time I actually uh, prepped for this. <laughs> well deserved. See what... It was a great take. <laughs> when you have, see what when happens you have... when you when you do your homework. Yeah, yeah, I did my homework one time. Like, and every... you had, and there were folks in the comment section fighting each other. Then that's that's how we get the flywheel. That oh, was yeah. that was that was it. So, um... oh, yeah, we had Oklahoma Sooners fans uh, saying we deserve to be in, and we had. Aggies saying the same thing, and we had a bunch of Oregon haters, but yeah, they <laughs> they, they couldn't win the game, so it didn't yeah. matter. They eliminated themselves. Exactly. All right. Well, that wraps us up on mailbags. Uh, as list as always, listeners appreciate y'all writing in, and I will hand it back off to Jake to take us out. Well, that is uh, appreciated very much, all of you mailbag submitters. Um. Yeah, thank you all for listening for this exciting recap of um, this past weekend and Texas being Big 12 champions. Uh, we will, as I mentioned earlier, be back for the to preview the college football playoff semifinal, the Sugar Bowl. And uh, we will do that the week of the matchup. We will, we will release that the week of the matchup. So stay uh, on the lookout for that. Uh, that's all I got, though, for now. Thank you all for listening. Merry Christmas, and we will catch you on the next Football on the 40. Welcome. Welcome.